0: It's the Quotidian. Welcome back to the Quotidian Podcast. I'm Bradley Dennis. Today, I'm talking with Kid Beyond, acapella hip-hop guru, a baritone with a conscience and enough funk for anyone's trunk. Kid Beyond represents a unique foray into popular music's oversaturated landscape. A deeply thoughtful artist who is equal parts nutty professor, and lyrical magician. Kid uses his immense talent and gracious spirit in service to individuals and communities whose voices need amplification and platforming. And he does it with a scorching brew of bluesy, alt-rock, and future bass electro. Like The White Stripes meets James Blake or Zeppelin meets Yeezus, it's Visceral heart warrior music for turbulent times, fueled by kids' soul shouter pipes, his deep roots as a Buddhist teacher and activist, and his virtuosic band of electro-funk shamans. We spoke about his love of puzzles and involvement in the international puzzle community, how his intellectual and spiritual pursuits combine into a service-oriented creative practice, and his evolving strategy for solving the Daily Wordle. This is also an exciting first for the program. Kid shares with us a sample of his upcoming single, Suffragist, streaming on all platforms by mid-July in support of women's reproductive freedom. Thank you, as ever, for your presence here. For more information about this project and how you can participate, go to www.thequotidianpod.com and learn more. About how to invite more creativity into your daily life. And now, bask in the effervescent sunshine of soul that is Kid Beyond. Well, it gives me great joy to welcome Kid Beyond to the Quotidian podcast. Welcome, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Bradley. Nice to be here
0: it's wonderful to have you. How have the last two years been for you? I always like to acknowledge the fact that we have just kind of come out of hyperspace an unprecedented jump in our temporal experience. And, um, so I'm curious, how has that been for you and the reemergence?
1: Uh, wow. The last two years, um, I would say I've had an easier time than most, mm-hmm. and yet um, it hasn't been without its challenges. I, yeah. I feel very lucky um, that, uh, you know, I, I did not have to be a frontline essential worker. Um, I feel very lucky and privileged that I did not experience a lot of personal loss due to the pandemic and I uh, and so on, and that I had, I was able to keep a roof over my head. I was able to find ways to support myself and so on. Um, so I feel like, again, I feel, uh, blessed and lucky. Yeah. That said, uh, it, it was, it's a challenging time for everyone and, uh, challenges for me, uh, included solitude right now. I live by myself. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a wonderful partner, um, all of last year. So I got to be with her, um, a good bit, but, um, you know, kind of just being by myself, being for long stretches without physical touch at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I might've gone, I don't know how many months it was without touching another human being, yeah. much less hugging another human being. I remember the, the point where I was with a friend. I was like, I really need a hug. And okay, is this safe? Okay, here's how the New York <laughs> Times says we can hug safely. We, yeah. we approach, we don't breathe out. And then we look, we we uh, we look away from each other, and we try not to breathe out as we hug, and so on. So, things like uh, isolation, touch starvation, uh, mm-hmm. we're getting heavy very early. But I'm I'm prone to depression. I've grappled with uh, depression at various points of my life, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes seriously so. So the beginning of the pandemic was quite discombobulating. Yeah, uh, just kind of adjusting to the new normal,
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: it took me a while to kind of. Um, Right the ship. So, and
0: are you normally but, uh, uh, extroverted kind of personality or introverted?
1: I consider myself half and half.
0: Right in the and middle. of fact, the
1: fact, whenever I take those, right there, uh, what's that? The Myers Briggs test, That's where you one get of two, to be, sure. you know, INFp, and um, every mm-hmm. time I take that test, right down the middle between extrovert and introvert. So I have a, I can engage my extrovert side. I can be on stage in front of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. Um, And also my, I have a, I have an introvert side that needs to then kind of retreat uh, back into my cave or the lab. And I'm, I'm very happy and content being on my own. So my introvert side, once I I was able to kind of write the ship, um, I'm able to survive emotionally a pandemic, but yeah. After two years, my extrovert side is was hungry,
0: a little hungry started. for connection. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. Well, I want to get into a lot of stuff, but uh, and I know you principally as an as a musical artist, and I've seen you perform with uh, on your tour with Imogen Heap. Uh, you came through Seattle. Um, I've I've seen you at Burning Man, and uh, and so I know and, and have followed your work ever since. I don't know you, your history or as a person. And that's certainly something that's been piquing my curiosity. And I'm curious, where did you grow up?
1: I'm from Staten Island, New York. It's one ah. of the five boroughs of New York yes. City. Used yes. to be the forgotten borough. But now, <laughs> you know, folks like Pete Davidson, and, mm-hmm. uh, Kim Kardashian visiting Staten Island, the, the forgotten borough. So yeah. that's where I grew up. I went to college on the East Coast and uh, moved out to San Francisco um, right after college to to start a professional acapella group, right? Which that's you did why in college, I, that's right? I moved here.
0: You is that where you found acapella?
1: It was. Um, I came to college uh, thinking that I would do a lot of acting. Um, I had gone to theater camp, performing arts camp, a wonderful um, performing arts camp called French Woods, which has a lot of very well known. Uh, alumni. And uh, so I thought, you know, okay, I want to keep acting. But I got into an a cappella group at Brown, uh, which is where I went to college. And uh, I just loved it. I fell in love with it. And four years of singing a cappella in all kinds of situations was the best uh, kind of musical uh, education and perf- education in being a performer. You yeah. know, how do you put on a good show when no one's listening to you? where no one's there, or it's uh, 12 degrees uh, Fahrenheit outside, and you know, on and on. So uh, this was in the 90s, and I decided I wanted to start a professional group. And uh, I found some other folks who were starting a, a professional group in San Francisco. And I moved out uh, to start a group uh, that we called the House Jacks. And we ended up uh, signing with... Warner Brothers, Tommy Boy Records, who at the time had De La Soul and Queen yes. Latifah and Coolio yes. and Digital Underground and House of Pain, Jump Around. And mm-hmm. um, they signed us and they they, they kind of, we realized they kind of wanted us to be a boy band. They kind of tried to right. make us into a, a boy band. We weren't very good at being a boy band. We were writing all of our own music. We were kind of a rock band, funk band without instruments. And I was the drummer. I was the beatboxer. Right. So, um, yeah, the group is still around and lo- after lots really? of membership changes over the, over the decades, they tour the world. It's a fantastic group. So check them out. Housejacks.com. But I, I, uh, I was in the group for about six or seven years and kind of uh, uh, watched as, as we kind of rode this major label uh, roller coaster with Warner Brothers and Tommy Boy Records. So, yeah, that's what brought me out to California. And I've never left.
0: So, with with beatboxing, uh, what were some of your influences, especially growing up up on Staten Island? You must have you were cutting your teeth probably in the eighties with Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five and Curtis Blow. I'm imagining that that was all in your ears at the time. Am I wrong, or was there something else going on?
1: I would like to be able to say that I was hanging out with the Wu-Tang Clan, but um, <laughs> I was not. They were on a, a different side of Staten Island, and I had a, a very privileged, um, kind of suburban um, Staten Island lifestyle, style. but of course, hip-hop um, hip hop made its way to suburbia very quickly. Sure. Yo, MTV Raps, and so on, but uh, initially, I mean, even as a little kid, I was always just walking down the street with... Um, with music running through my head and my body. There was always a song running through me. And so it started coming out of my mouth and I would imitate all the different instruments, the guitars and the bass and the drummers. And I grew up on a lot of classic rock. So I wanted to be John Bonham from Led Zeppelin or Stuart Copeland from Police. So, but my mom wouldn't buy me a drum kit. So I started. So but uh, so I just, I would always imitate things and uh, imitate various actors and comedians. And it turns out I had a good ear for imitation. And so when I started doing acapella, that that came in handy. Uh, all kinds of vocal instrumentation, uh, the drums especially.
0: So when you were growing up and and making making noise with your mouth, when did you first discover looping and And did you listen to any sort of early sample-based music? Did you listen? Were you influenced by Steve Reich or Laurie Anderson or anyone doing taping? Like where did that come into your experience? and for for those who don't know, your background most of what you do is or what i know of what you do is based on sort of stacking your own band out of your mouth
1: uh, i was in this acapella group the house jacks we went on this major label ride and ultimately i was kind of burnt out on music um we were we were doing more uh kind of negotiating with lawyers and managers and record labels a lot of a lot more business. Uh, in the music business, then we were doing music, and I felt kind of burnt out. And so I decided to leave, which was really hard and really sad, because we were really successful. And, but I just, I realized I needed a break. And I, I went and did all kinds of other stuff, internet stuff, coding, I I've I coded for fun ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I went and became a voice actor. And so for 13 years, did voices for all kinds of video games and commercials, TV and radio, and uh, anime and uh, and audiobooks and so on, all kinds of stuff, which I'm happy to talk about. And then eventually, I got my hunger back, and I wanted to return to music. And I I had a vision that I wanted to write all of my own music uh, yeah. with my voice as the primary in, uh, instrument, and that I wanted to perform solo somehow uh, using some kind of machinery that would let me multiply my voice over and over and over, so I could lay down a beat. And then maybe a bass line with my voice and then all the other instruments, whether it was keyboards or horns or strings, and then I could sing over it. And I had this vision uh, and I didn't know how to make it real. And I wanted all kinds of crazy effects um, on my voice. And there were little hardware looper boxes that I experimented with, but I really wanted to multi-track uh, yeah. my voice and be able to kind of write and compose arrangements that let me bring various pieces uh, and tracks in and out and ultimately i just nagged a lot of people and said i have this vision how do i do it and some music technology folks um kind of sat with me i i paid some folks like let's figure this out and there was a program called ableton which was very nascent at the time this wonderful uh piece of music software written by some incredibly creative german folks And that turned out to be what I was looking for. And if I could, Mm. uh, all I needed was a laptop and an audio interface and a microphone uh, and Ableton and something to control it with on stage. And so I I kind of assembled these pieces and started uh, composing arrangements and writing my own songs for this uh, situation. And then I started doing shows. I would perform anywhere uh, that would let me. You know, little house concerts or little just jump up on stage variety shows um, and said, "Okay, I'm working on something new and I want to kind of make my mistakes in front of small, uh, forgiving crowds. And I just started doing it. And it it steamrolled from there.
0: Have you always felt that urge to share your kind of creative side with folks or? Was that something that really came from that inspiration with Ableton and, and wanting to loop yourself?
1: Mm. You know, I would say there's parts of me that don't need the external validation or even the external connection at all. There are yeah. some parts uh, of my creativity, since this, is, this podcast is about creativity. There are some ways in which I'm creative where I'm very happy to just be in my house, be in the lab, working on something that inspires me. And if I get an idea, if I get lit up by something and I will just go work on it, whether it's, um, a musical idea, whether it's more, whether it's writing, whether it's about words, whether it's a game or puzzle or an event or something out of, you know, out of those boxes, those have been some of my, you know, more common boxes. But so there are parts of me like, okay, there's a, a a, a dear friend has a new, uh, a a baby and a kid and it's, it's her birthday. And you know, it's, let's say she's turning three. I want to make a a kid, a children's book. I don't really know how to illustrate a children's book, but I'm just going to figure it out. And I may not be the best children's book illustrator, but I'm going to spend the next two, two or three months on and off making this children's book and Mm -hmm. whether I give it to her or not, let's see. And I ended up, you know, getting the book made and it's for an audience of one. And so there are some parts of me that are very happy with that, either an audience of zero, either I'm the original audience of one or, um, or, you know, one other person. And then of course there are other ways in which I really want to um, share my creativity with the world just uh, to be able to plant seeds uh, in a larger context. So
0: it's interesting to me because you've, it appears that you're driven by the need for a high degree of novelty in your everyday life. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate, but at least the challenge of creating something new, coming up with new ideas. You mentioned a couple of things I want to we'll kind of put pins in. But one of them is – a lot of people probably don't know this, but you also contribute puzzles for The New York Times and – I'm not sure if there's any other publications that you contribute to but certainly that one has stumped my family more than once. Um excellent. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. So, I'm curious, is there is there crossover for you between stuff like your music and creating puzzles and writing? Like what what parts of your creative self do those uh massage or what itches do those scratch for you?
1: fantastic set of questions. Um, I, I've kind of built a life where I get to do a lot of different things that light up different parts of me. Yeah. Um, so it, it, so, and, and I have found that the more a given project, um, the more parts of me that, uh, any specific project lights up, the more fulfilled I am. So whether that's kind of my cerebral mind Uh, My my creative self, it could be service, you know, the the kind of the service part of me. It could be spiritual and or heart based. It could be somatic performing on stage for me is very embodied and somatic. It could be um, community, uh, the kind, you know, the the part of me that wants to connect with other people or build communities, serve others through community. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So kind of words, sounds, images. Um, code beats, um, playing with letters and puzzles, uh, designing an experience. Uh, I just, I just love to be lit up, uh, and tickled in different ways. So with making puzzles and games, yeah, I, ever since I was a kid, I've been a puzzle, uh, and game uh, geek and we played a lot of games growing up, Scrabble and Boggle. And my mother is a tournament bridge player. Um, my dad in college evidently was never without a deck of cards in his hand. So we played a lot of games growing up. And then I found Games Magazine and, and uh, Will Shorts and crossword puzzles and all kinds of puzzles. And now I'm a member of the National Puzzlers League. And I go to the convention every year. This year, the convention is in Nashville. Uh And uh, I'll be coming to Nashville for the convention. And now I get to hang out with Will Shorts and uh, the rest of the, the puzzle geeks and we all it's a it's a beautiful kind of uh, gift economy uh, community. We all just kind of pour our creativity to create puzzles and events for each other. So a lot of it is just labors of love. I do all kinds of things because I love to do them, even though I kind of know in a situation like that, that none of it's going to get used, but um, but I love it. You know, we, we could talk about flow states, you know, this yeah. idea that um, you, enter, you enter a state in which you are, like the, the, the writer uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, I hope I'm not butchering his name, um, who has studied this flow state where you're so engrossed, you're so engaged, you're challenged, but you're not too challenged, uh, but you're challenged enough to never be bored, and it's a graph that kind of continues to move up and to the right where you, you gain skill in something and, and keep finding new ways to kind of just be on the edge of, um, of engaged challenge. And to him, that was the key to true happiness, that the more we can be uh, in flow states throughout our lives, um, the more truly fulfilled we'll be in our lives. And I had noticed that as a kid uh, for the first time writing code I had Uh all kinds of early personal computers like TRS-80s and Apple Mm -hmm. II and the the Andy color computer. And and I would write games and and create like database programs and all kinds of stuff, mostly games. Um, But, and I would just notice like, oh, I'm coding. Maybe it's a Saturday and it's 1 p.m. And I'm coding. And then I look up and wow, it's 8 p.m. Oh, and wow. se- seven hours have passed, and it feels like minutes.
0: Yeah. And
1: only years later, when I read the book "Flow" by Mihaly Chicks and Mahali, that's a hallmark of the flow state. Hours pass by, and it feels like minutes. That's what was going on for me as a kid. but that's what was, uh, you know, uh, let's see, 3,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago. That's what happened for the Buddha. Um, If we're to bring in some some mindfulness, the Buddha noticed it when he was, as a a young man, uh, sitting under, I think, maybe an apple tree, maybe not an apple tree. I don't think they had apple trees in England, in uh, India, Mm -hmm. sitting under a tree. And he was just so engrossed by the, um, by the the scene that he was um, kind of looking out at and only later in his life did he realize, Oh, I was in a, I was in a state of deep concentration. Yeah. Uh, and that there's something here that that's, that's liberating and that uh, can be a key that unlocks um, true happiness and and fulfillment. So I
0: think these things are related. I think you're right. I think a lot of creators would, ex- would agree with you in certainly in the definition of flow and that commingling of the spiritual state and the creative state, that there is a crossover there. I'm curious, uh, let's talk about inspiration a little bit. Where does that enter your creative practice? And, and what do you do when your well runs dry?
1: Mm. Oof. Once again, a great set of questions. Well, I've, I've various personal practices support my creativity. I've, I've been a meditator for over 20 years and I teach meditation and Buddhism in, in various contexts. I lead, I've led meditation groups for years and um, teach meditation in uh, places like the San Francisco County Jail, working with incarcerated men, teach mindfulness in, in corporate environments. I, I got to teach in the U.S. Congress. In Washington DC, which is a really beautiful and an honor, and but on a personal level, um, meditation practice, mindfulness practice, not just kind of what we call cushion practice, you know, in the mornings. Which these days, <clears throat> these days I do it every morning uh, or every weekday morning, um, but also things like mindful eating and or mindful speech and listening and um, or mindful walking and so on. So it, it's a for me, it's a very living. Um, all day practice, which is what I heartfully urge my students to engage with as well. So that's, that's definitely supportive of my creativity, um, nature, you know, being in nature, um, engaging with other people's work Mm -hmm. is, is often something that'll light a fire under my butt. So I'll go see a show, uh, who, an artist that I, that I really love, and that will just you know, th- there might be a, a, a some some threads of that that are like, oh, I want to I want to do that a little bit of kind of um, attachment or or jealousy or envy uh, mm-hmm. or competitiveness. Like I love to I love to be up there doing something like that. Let's see what I can do. But I think yeah. also um, just being with other people's work beyond that, it's it's incredibly inspiring, and that's something that I've learned. Folks have come up to me and said this about. My work, and and I've definitely experienced it in the work of others, that when you can experience someone who is um, fully present in the moment and fully present, let's say, with their creativity, and that could be for an audience of one or an audience of 100,000, when you can experience someone fully living their creativity, fully embodied, fully present, and, and sending that outward into the world. It's incredibly inspiring for folks and it's incredibly healing. Yeah. And again, I'm speaking from personal experience of being healed by other people's creativity. Mm-hmm. So there have been a bunch of times in my life where the well has run dry. Um, I, you mentioned I, I, uh, uh, a bunch of years ago, I, I was on tour with a wonderful artist named Imogen Heap. Um, an incredibly powerfully creative and incredibly talented woman uh, who has done all kinds of things with music and technology and blockchain and pioneering new forms of digital community and just relentlessly creative. So being on tour with her for two months, I was one of her opening acts, and we we toured the U.S. and Canada, maybe 27, 28 shows. Um, And just being around her, being on a tour bus with her, Soaking up her creativity, seeing it night after night, incredibly inspiring for me. Even though she's ten years younger than I was, so again, there's a bit of that. Like, look what she's doing! <laughs> wow. Okay, I want to go home and really. Okay, time time to uh, stop. Uh, you know, messing around. Let's 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 do some stuff. So, uh, I came home inspired by her. Moved into a much bigger place so that I could have room to make music and, and cultivate community. Um, but I was working on a big project. Uh, I had a oh my oh wow this is edgy to talk about. Um, I kind of the follow up to my first album is On, I had this grandiose vision uh, of a sci-fi electro rock concept album, electro rock opera with like a uh, that was also going to be a film, either an animated film or a live-action sci-fi cult movie. And I I even pitched it to JJ Abrams. I, you know, I I had the whole thing envisioned, um, and I was biting off much more than I could chew. Mm. And, um, I kind of, I lost my, I lost my voice, not literally, but I lost my connection to spirit. I would say I lost my connection to my creativity and I learned a bunch from that experience. Um, but, uh, so what happens when the well runs dry? I go. So sometimes depression happens when the well runs dry. My, I have a, a friend named Jane McGonigal, who is a video game theorist and a futurist and writes a lot about play and creating um, new futures. And she says that the opposite of play is not work. The opposite of play is depression. And uh, I have felt that, that when I'm not playing, that when I don't have access to my playful, creative self, that a lot of that energy kind of remains stuck or dormant yeah. and it can manifest as tension. But right. Like when we mentioned the pandemic at the beginning, right when the pandemic hit, um, I was just so discombobulated. And once again, I kind of lost my connection to my creativity. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't be with people. I couldn't make music in person with people. Yeah. And, um, and for a while I just kind of lost yeah. Lost my connection to that. And I found that my way back, like, okay, I have no energy in my body. I'm grappling with depression. I'm isolated. There's a pandemic out there. There are wildfires. Can't even kind of go out on the street and walk around here in the Bay area because of all the smoke in the air. And, uh, okay. I, but I think I could make a little puzzle. I think I have just enough creative energy <laughs> to make yeah. a little puzzle. And I decided to make a puzzle about social distancing. Kind of inspired by the, the predicament that I was in where you couldn't be close to people in real life. So I was much closer to people over Zoom screens than I was in, in physical proximity with people. And I okay. created a little logic uh, puzzle and I, I, I put it on my Twitter and Facebook and Insta and said, here's a puzzle um, and you might be home with your kids uh, right now having to educate them because all the schools are closed. And so maybe you and your, maybe you or you and your kids uh, will get some joy out of um, playing this puzzle together. And people really responded to that. And, and that was kind of my way back. Okay, now I can, maybe I can make a bigger puzzle. Okay. Uh, now I have a, a murder, a different mystery mansion, um, mystery mansion idea. And I could, I could put it into a Sunday New York Times crossword puzzle. And I did that and, and that got into the New York Times and okay, maybe now I'm ready to Um, to create like a fundraiser for Mother's Day. And I kind of, I pulled together a bunch of puzzle creators and in about three days before Mother's Day, from idea to execution, we created a kind of um, a puzzle adventure that I put online for free and said, we're raising money for um, uh, an organization that um, funds maternal health throughout the world, safe pregnancies and childbirths for uh, underprivileged moms throughout the world. We raised like $15,000 um, uh-huh. for that organization on Mother's Day. And then we did it for Father's Day. And by then I, I felt my creativity back. I'm like, okay, now, now I think I'm ready to work on music again.
0: Sounds like there's a real direct link between service, gratitude, and creativity for you. Yeah,
1: Uh, my just hearing that just makes I'm feeling my body tingle, and my heart open and soften. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As I said, when the more different parts of kind of my self or or lack of self um that 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 my work can touch the the more deeply fulfilled i am so to be able to create something and also then have it be in service in other ways i mean I, as i said i think creativity um creativity itself and play uh and the communal exchange and conversation uh around creativity can be inspiring and healing just on its own. But then, you know, when you can, when you could add, let's say, okay, now we're raising a bunch of money for an organization. Uh, yeah, just uh, all, all kinds of layers to that.
0: I think that's a good segue to the latest work that you've been up to. Yes. Um, you've been kind enough to, to share with me your latest track, which is called suffragist. Um, and, uh, I'd like to to play a clip for that would you be willing to set that up give us a little background and um, and talk about both the inspiration and, and and also what its future holds
1: yes uh how about you could I uh, could I flip the script a little sure could the listeners hear it I, I would love the, the listeners to hear something first before they get all my words about it is that
0: okay You got it absolutely this is yeah. Uh, Suffragist by Kid Beyond. Hits hard, man. That really, that is really satisfying. Um, let's talk Thank about the, the themes Thank of that you. track. Yeah. So, what's yeah? What's behind the name? Obviously, there's some feminist influence there.
1: Definitely. And and by the way, at when we're recording this, we're recording this in mid June. I don't know when this is going to air. Maybe late June, early July. Um, the song is not out yet. So, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast. You might be hearing it before, you might be the first people in the whole world to hear that song.
0: I think so. I think we're, they our will. intention
1: right now is to, to release it uh, in mid June. Mm-hmm. We're thinking maybe uh, mid July, I mean, mid July. So gotcha. about a month from now. Um, yes, yeah, so Suffragist, uh, this is a song and a music video and an activist campaign supporting women fighting for. Reproductive justice for abortion rights and for political power so I wrote it inspired by um, Some dear friends in my life women who are activists who wake up every day Fighting for these things and fighting monsters in the halls of power. It is not easy to wake up every day um, and fight for reproductive justice when when there's a Supreme Court that we know uh, maybe a, sometime in the next two weeks uh, from this recording, we'll be um, gutting uh, reproductive rights in this company in this country. So yeah. uh, I wrote the song inspired by them and their work, uh, and 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 then the the release of the song and the music video will be benefiting a wonderful organization called Vote Pro Choice, which. Uh, identifies one very strong set of solutions to um, this problem, which is to elect pro-choice candidates up and down the ballot. So they really research um, pro-choice candidates in the smallest of local races so that wherever you are, you can uh, come out and support, not just vote for, but campaign for and raise money, raising money for, pro-choice candidates. Um, And this was started by a dear friend of mine named Heidi Seek, who is an incredible activist. She was in the Brett Kavanaugh hearings in Washington, D.C., and was one of the people who got thrown out of those hearings, uh, fighting for what she believed in. And so I figure the least I can do is write a song about her and other people who are, um, who wake up every day fighting for what they believe in. So this is this is a song of allyship. I call it an allying cry. It's a kind of rallying cry for allyship. And it's kind of walking a fine line and saying, I know this is not just your fight, but I know that um, uh, it's not my place to be at the front of this fight. Um, so here I am saying, I will fight with you. Yeah. So as a musician, one of the ways I can do that is by, by writing this music and talking about it on podcasts. Yeah. So... Um, but meanwhile, it's kind of uh, in my ears and heart and body. It's a kick-ass electro rock manifesto. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's a lot.
0: <laughs> so earlier you said you've transitioned from solo work a cappella to working with uh, musicians and instruments. How many people are on this track?
1: This track is, uh, there are three people on this track. Uh, me, I'm singing. I wrote, uh, co-wrote the song and co-produced the song with my collaborator, Jeff McCann, an amazingly talented, um, multi-instrumentalist. So he's playing guitars, um, and keyboards. And we did all kinds of crazy sound design and sound making with synths and, uh, and so on, and also playing bass. And then on drums, Hassan Hurd, Hassan Hot Sauce Hurd, who has played with the coup and, uh, and Angelo Moore from Fishbone and all kinds oh, yeah. of other amazing artists. Um, and so it's the three of us. It's the three of us on that track.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's a wonderful song. Hard-hitting, soulful, anthemic, and motivating for sure.
1: Thank you. Well, if you're listening to this podcast anytime after mid-July of 2022 on planet Earth, uh, in the solar system called Saul, in a very distant, uh, you know, corner of the universe, um, find Kid Beyond either at kidbeyond.com or on any of my socials—the Insta, the Twitter, the Facebook. There will be a campaign su- supporting uh, vote pro-choice, and if you're inspired by the song uh, on Spotify or Apple Music, go find me and uh, come join our effort to uh, amplify and support the work of VPC.
0: Beautiful. And we'll make sure to post that in the links below the podcast description. Kid, has has your work always held a sense of social responsibility or did that sort of develop over time for you?
1: I think that has developed over time. Um, Because
0: I know you had ceasefire. Ceasefire was the EP that had a bunch of different remixes, and that was also had a real political theme to it as well.
1: Correct. That that one was about gun violence and violence against people of color, and that yeah. one uh, we uh, we raised by releasing that EP, we raised a bunch of money and awareness for the Community Justice Action Fund, which is the only gun violence organization run by survivors of color. Mm. Um, and so, I really wanted to. Um, highlight, amplify, and support their work. And so I, I think in the last bunch of years, um, I think it's born out of the, the increasingly stark realization for me that I've been the recipient of an immense amount of privilege throughout my decades on this earth, born into the body I was born into and into the circumstances I was born into, full of safety um, abundance uh, and opportunities and that I want to use my privilege wherever possible um, to support folks who have less of it and use my power to give power to be a space um, for the power uh, of others. So it's sometimes a fine line in art you know there I think over over a certain line it can be, um, too preachy. Uh, it can be maybe you know less connected to what truly uh, connects people with music or art. So yes. it's definitely a fine line. I was just watching um, the video for Brave by Sarah Borellis today uh-huh. um, before before we got on together. Uh, I had a She's also an ex a cappella. She sang college a cappella at UCLA and. I got to open for her once when she was much, much less famous. And I was, uh, much, much less famous. Um, and I watched the video for brave and it's just so beautiful. Uh, and it's, it's just, and it's been so inspirational for so many people. Hey, who you are is okay. Um, and I want you to shine your light out into the world. And so, so so many people born into all kinds of different bodies and genders and sexualities, uh, uh look to that song as bread for their journey and inspiration for them and or fuel for their fire. And so I would like to think that music and creativity and art of all kinds can be can be one of those, can be bread for the journey or fuel for the
0: fire. Well it also occurs to me that you being a practicing and teaching Buddhist, that practice is centered on alleviating suffering. And it sounds like you've really married that practice, your creative practice and your spiritual practice in your artwork successfully.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying. It's it's definitely been an interesting journey because in, in my 20s, you know, uh, coming out of college, having performed a lot my whole life, and then kind of starting, starting this band and touring around the country um, with less of my spiritual self uh, present there's a lot of me in there there's a i think yeah. there's i think there's a place for ego uh, by me I mean the capital i the self yeah. there's a place for ego you know there's something let's say i don't know i'll let's say Madonna there was something about her need to be kind of worldwide right look at me yeah. um that just propelled her. And there's something incredibly compelling about that. So I don't want to discount that. Um, and I think it can be incredible fuel for incredible creativity. And as I as I have grown older and wiser, I've kind of explored this, these questions of what is it, as I kind of unwind from the siren song of self, the, yes. the siren song of look at me, or you know, what about the capital I, me, mine, um, who is talking on and on? By the way, and hogging too much of the mic in this conversation. <laughs> it's um, about you,
0: my friend. It's about you. Well,
1: thank you, thank you. That's a you know that's a thing I well, keep track of.
0: There is an interesting dichotomy, though. Yeah. Well, the the dichotomy of of the artist has a voice. And the voice necessarily is, is of their tone and tenor from the ego, from that self. But then at the same time, they are a conduit, right? That creative yeah. impulse, that creative spirit is a reaction and a response to the zeitgeist of the time, to the issues of the day, to their emotional yeah. state, to those things. So you can't have one without the other, it seems to me. That, that if you're doing your job correctly, you are simultaneously ego and of the world, this sort of, you're of two minds almost. And so you have to be faithful to both of those. And, I, you know, we kind of started talking about the pandemic and that out of balance sense you have when something's missing, something's not right, and you have to reach, you have to find something else to bring it into balance. It sounds like that's that kind of describes the, the process that you're experiencing.
1: Yes. <laughs> just, just listening to you, I was, just, I was um, really appreciating and admiring your perceptiveness. I, I just like, I'm really enjoying talking to Bradley right now and <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying this conversation. Um, so yeah, just that, just admiring and admiring that we get to, and, and and feeling really grateful that this is my life and that this is your life. And yeah. then we get to share the planet together and discuss these things. Um, uh, I think you're right. I think it is a dance of self and non-self, let's say. Um, of self and selflessness that, that um, you know, to get on a stage in front of uh in front of folks or to, to make a work and put it out into the world in any way, that there is a certain conversation with, with self or superego, you know, or or cultivating community, right? It can be very selfless, but there is a, there is a a kind of procreative um, desire to, to plant seeds in the world. Yes. But again, kind of what I've been exploring over the last, um, I would say decade more seriously is it what is it like to be making art from a a much more selfless place and and what does the art become what what um, what arises in that space and it's um, there, there are all kinds of surprising things that arise if we can put the self aside
0: I think ultimately it's much more generative in a larger, you know, you mentioned communal sense. Um, We're kind of emerging from or trying to wake up from the capitalist nightmare and all of these marginalized communities that you're talking about are struggling to get out from under the boot heel of that paradigm, which is a very Mm. ego-driven, self-driven mentality. And so to flip the script in any little way we can, especially in the entertainment industry, which is so fraught with dollar figures and ego and cult of personality, to, to start with the idea that this project, this creative impulse is intended to, to work with and not for I think is is a yeah. is a key change in in structure that that I hope other people model because it's you know just listening to the song uh Suffragist it's it's exceptionally moving and it's exceptionally pure and heartfelt and you can tell that and you know not to take anything away from the creativity of other more maybe materially minded artists but it adds something um that is literally intangible. So yeah. it, it comes through for sure. Thank you. So as we're Thank kind you. of rounding out the hour, um
1: time flies.
0: Yeah, there's the flow state, baby. So my final question for you. And it's the question that I just getting warmed up.
1: <laughs> could you can we talk for two hours and then you could like take the best you know 45 to 50 minutes of it i'm we i'm could. I got time. or i we could, could have talk. you back for part two excellent <laughs> i've got more stuff coming out uh, later in the year so you know oh there can, it is get, uh, yeah. absolutely puzzles games music, songs all kinds of stuff so you yeah, i'm sorry i'm so sorry i interrupted you
0: your <laughs> final right. question actually i have two questions do you play wordle i totally play wordle what's your first am, wordle I, I, word Funny you should mention
1: that, Bradley. Funny you should mention that because today I, I have a I have a specific word that I start with every day. Yes. And guess but what? You just, you today
0: that was the word. No. Today shit. that was the word. So
1: I wordled <laughs> in one. And since this will not air for a few weeks, I can wow. I, it I can say it without spoiling. My first word is atone.
0: That's amazing.
1: And so today. Today, the word was a tone. I wordled in one, and the Warriors won a game five of the NBA Finals last night. And I yeah. saw it t- this morning. I just blasted Ice Cubes. Today was a good day on repeat because <laughs> that's what it felt like. Kid Beyond is a pimp. <laughs> I word I wordled in one. All is right in the world. That's amazing. Um, but funny, so funny, you should ask. Uh, so that's another creative thing I've been working on with a coder partner. Uh, Mm -hmm. I invent little bite-sized daily word puzzles, and we are working on one, and it will be ready in a few months. Uh, We don't know exactly what it's going to be called yet, so I can't even send you to our URL. So you're going to have to find Kid Beyond on any of your favorite socials, Insta, Twitters, uh, and Facebook. And that will come out, and it will be a daily... A bite-sized word puzzle, a la Wordle, that you will get hooked on and want to play every morning. So um, we're working on it now, and it's really fun. We
0: well, just had our first I, test run. With, I Wordled in know, three.
1: people. You Wordled in three today. What was your – What was so what do you start with, Bradley?
0: So I start with the word pulse. And I follow – Yes. And then I follow that up with the word train. Excellent. And, and then I got four of the five, and then I just took a piece of paper and a pencil and started playing around with combinations. And then a tone was the only one that really made sense.
1: Now may I ask some questions?
0: Please. I have I have some I have some
1: views and opinions, which you okay. know it is everyone has their different wordle style. Is pulse your everyday first word?
0: Not always. So Train is actually my wife's first word. And I've stolen it okay. from her. So sometimes I'll start with train. Sometimes I'll start with plant. Sometimes I'll nice. start with plane, P-L-A-N-E.
1: Excellent. Now I, you know, very again, everyone has their different not only strategy around Wordle, but also the the way they like to play the game, the way they hold it. For example, yeah. Quest Love the the drummer yeah multi talent I'm I just I love Renaissance people. These are my idols. So Quest yes. Love is an idol. He cookbooks and events and Summer of Soul, the documentary. He's a big wordler or has been um yeah. and he'll take a word kind of from his life that day or that week.
0: You oh, know, little, hear a, uh,
1: he'll hear a Janet lyric and, and he'll that'll be his first word and I think that's really baller. Like very I I kind intuitive. Of play it safe. Yeah. And I and I have kind of It's getting kind of boring because I have I play a tone every day uh, and then and then I might go to whatever feels best as the second word. But I think it's much more um, exploratory to to, it's it's more like it's much more oracular, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. In the true sense of let's see. Let's see how my life matches up with with the Oracle of Wordle today. That's See crazy. maybe
1: I should explore that as a spiritual practice like
0: That's what I'm going to do from is, now on. I'm in, the inspired, is, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cuz I've been going the the word play route which is, you know, the the most common 12 letters or yep. ETAOIN E-T-A-O-I-N-S-H-R-D-L-U. These are a, approximately the most common 12 letters in English and so I go a tone, and then I and then I kind of work from there. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe I, yeah, maybe I just, I need so we to We got to get out of the left, left.
0: left hemisphere and into the right hemisphere. Yeah. That's, that's where yeah. it's at.
1: Um, well, so let's see. I mean, just inspired by this conversation, maybe it's brain or maybe it's, what else have we talked about? Music. I'm Flow. thinking of five letter words. I mean,
0: it's uh, flows.
1: <laughs> flows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is, this is an edge. I'm noticing an edge. Like, no, like- no, no. Can't do that. This is this is the essence of creativity going beyond our, our edges and just I I'm gonna finger paint this. Paint. Paint Smush, smush smursh smash smush. Okay. It's <laughs> been inspiring. That was Perfect. so that was your question question one of two. That's
0: question one. So the final question for you, yes. Kid Beyond. What is the question that's not being asked right now? In the world? In the world.
1: Um, I'm noticing that tears uh, are coming. Uh, What's coming to mind and heart and body, mostly heart, is what is it really going to take to create a world where every being... Is happy and healthy and safe and supported every human being and beyond that every animal being and plant being the earth as a being what is it going to take what drastic steps will we have to take as a society and as a planet what unpleasant or um, hard things might we have to look at about the way we live our lives what's it going to take hmm. if we're interested in a world where every being every being is happy and healthy and safe and joyful and supported if we're interested in that what's it going to take in in my life like today and in and and over the course of hundreds or thousands of years
0: thank you for that
1: <laughs> oh
0: wow <sighs> i think you're well you're on, welcome Bradley. yeah you're well on on the way to helping contribute i think you you do a lot to mm. to help Bring that to fruition for sure, my friend.
1: Thank you, Bradley.
0: Absolutely. You. This has been beautiful. Kid Beyond. It's been beautiful. What a gift. Tell us where we can find you. I'm assuming all the regular social media platforms. Is there uh, anything else you want to shout out besides the single coming out in July that's uh, heading down the pike?
1: Hmm. After that question, uh, all, any, all, kinds of just, after, after, all kinds of self-promotion just feel so so small and selfie. So for the moment, I will just say, yes, you can find me at KidBeyond.com and KidBeyond on Twitter and Facebook and Insta. Um, reach out. I would love to get to know you and connect.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time and as ever your artwork, my friend.
1: Thank you, Bradley, for your work in the world. And um, this has been really beautiful. Thank you so much.
2: What do we have in common? We breathe, we eat, we sleep, and we dream, we love, we cry, we fight, we make up, and we play. Play lets us discover new parts of ourselves. In play, we expand our potential, we feel safe, we trust. In that safety and trust, we experiment with what we can imagine. Better art, better us. A better world for ourselves, our families, our friends, our communities, our shared humanity a common good. That's what Carolina Commons does. We take the world away for a while to give people the chance to see new perspectives, to listen to new voices from others and from our own internal worlds. Before rejoining and participating in the world renewed, we help people, teams, and communities connect to their inherent creative voice and to re envision the world. With new skills, new voices, and new visions, we can help one another create a better future. Visit www.carolinacommons.org to learn more about how you can take your imagination, innovation, and problem solving to the next level. Carolina Commons, uncommon creativity for all.